Our reading this morning comes from Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10, and is entitled The Resurrection. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. All the Gospels in the Bible talk about Jesus rising, and they all tell it in a slightly different way. Matthew's version that we've just heard is the most dramatic. Earthquakes, angels, bodies rising. Really what Matthew is saying is, take note, something amazing has happened. You can't get away from the fact, it's not hidden away in the corner for only a few people to see. Matthew is saying, this is so dramatic with all these events around it. The resurrection is a marking point in our lives. Take note, look at this and see just what it truly means. I've got a little bit of a confession to make. I know we've finished Lent, but confession is always good. My confession, I watched Loose Women this week. I don't normally watch Loose Women. I watched it because I knew that there was going to be um, a young female member of clergy on talking about why do people forget what the Easter story is all about. I was really quite amazed that on ITV at lunchtime they were actually going to have a true vicar speaking about what Easter actually means. And this young lady called Sally Hitchner, who's a university chaplain at Brunel University, came on and was speaking about the true meaning of Easter. The um, producers had decided to do a little bit of a survey with their audience and had told them as they came into the studio that they could have a choice. There was a table, and on it were two gifts. One was a chocolate egg, and one was a prayer card, and they could take one of them. 90%, 95% took the chocolate egg, and a few took the prayer card. And when this was revealed, Sally Hipschner burst out laughing and said, I would have taken both. <laughs> and four people put up their hands in the audience and said, we took both. And actually, it was a a funny aside, but I felt it was hugely relevant because the resurrection means that we no longer have to choose. There is this understanding, wrong understanding in society, that if you follow Jesus, your life is tight, it's closed, you can't have any fun, chocolate is a no-no. And Sally Hitchner said, actually, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, life in all its fullness. 
The resurrection means you can have the chocolate egg and the prayer card. You can live a holy life becoming more and more like Christ. And it doesn't restrict. In fact, it brings freedom. Because living with the power of Jesus, living with us, means that we can be who we truly are. God has made us to be like Christ. And we can't do it on our own. We can only do it because Jesus is alive. Because he has risen. And because he can live in our lives. And when we choose that way, when we know the power of the resurrection in our own lives, we know life in all its fullness. So the resurrection is crucial. Life is transformed by the resurrection. Jesus Christ is alive today. And it means that our lives are never the same. Three things I want to tell you about. We are free from the guilt of sin. When Jesus died, he took our guilt. He paid the price for our sin. And so we can live free from the guilt of sin. No longer does death have the power. We are free from the guilt of sin. And if you were here on Good Friday, a very powerful service, where at the end Colin invited us to come to the cross and to pick up a nail And to hold the sharp nail in our hands and to feel the pain. And to think of those difficult parts of our lives, the the bad parts, the sin, the sadness, the sorrow. Jesus doesn't take difficult times away, but he transforms them. Because when we're in those places, we know that Jesus is with us. When we sin, we can come to the foot of the cross And ask for forgiveness. And no longer is that burden of sin on our shoulders. Because Jesus has paid the price. If you took a nail on Friday and put it at the foot of the cross. Later that day Colin went to the river way. And found the deepest part. And threw those nails into the river way. Our sins are forgiven. We can find them no more. Because God has forgiven us through the power of Jesus. So we're free from the guilt of sin. The resurrection transforms our lives in giving us hope. As I said, hope in the darkest places. Being a Christian, knowing Christ in our lives, doesn't mean that life is a bed of roses. We know that to be true. Time and time again, life is as hard for us as for anybody else. The difference that Jesus being alive today means that Jesus is with us. We don't avoid the pain, but the pain is transformed and hope is found. And thirdly, we are transformed because we can be the people that God has made us to be. As I said earlier, with Christ living in us, we can become more and more like him, bringing all the freedom that that brings. The joy is it's not a one-off. When we meet Jesus for the very first time, our lives are totally transformed, immediately. But living with Jesus means that daily our lives can be transformed. Because the process of becoming like Christ is a lifetime. It's a journey that will take us to heaven, where eventually we will become who we truly are. But throughout our life, it's a process of continuing to be transformed, not as a one-off, but daily. And at various points in our lives, we can see 
that Jesus comes and changes us. Sometimes it's simply, sometimes it's dramatically. And we can have stories to share of the way in which Jesus has shown us something which makes us stop and think, what does that mean now for me? I've asked Marion to come and just share something. It's going to lead into a little bit of a notice, but I wanted her to share the story behind the notice that she's going to give you. Last November, I was one of five uh, women from this church that went to Uganda. And uh, we had a remarkable time. And many of you have heard some of the stories uh, of what we saw and what we did. And I think for me, my journey was very different from uh, several of the others. And it's only in retrospect that I can see how actually for me it's transformed uh, my life. When I came back, um, of course, I was aware of how different it is um, in this country from in many of the African countries. What I brought back with me was a real sense of the Ugandan joy and how they're able to make so much of time, how time for them is not a pressure but a gift, something to enjoy. And I really became aware of how little I enjoy time, how little I make of time, how life in Surrey is so rushed and pressured and there's so many things to fit in. There's school and there's home and there's work and there's family and we're on a treadmill of time all the time, aren't we? And shortly after Christmas, I really felt I just needed space in my life. And so I would go to work every day and come back and sit at home in the quiet. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm not a quiet person. I love music, I love noise, I love to be with people. But day after day, I came back and sat. And sometimes I think, sometimes I would have music, sometimes I'd do nothing. And then I realised that actually sitting sometimes isn't enough. You know, we are conditioned, aren't we, to, to use our time. But we could use time more creatively. And so, out of nowhere, using the internet, I discovered, again, how to crochet, something I hadn't done since I was 10, which is many, many years ago. And almost overnight, this skill came back. And suddenly, I was creating huge numbers of things, I don't know, cushions and and all sorts of things in beautiful colours and just sitting there, sometimes thinking about how beautiful the world is, how much I needed to have my life changed, how much God had given me, how little time I spent thinking every day, creating, creating. And eventually I came to Debbie and said, this is so weird, I don't understand this, this, this sense of God the creator, this sense of God giving us time and wanting us to enjoy being in this world. And also, I was taking the time to address certain issues in my own life, things that needed to be thought through. And I said to Debbie, perhaps there's something here, perhaps there's something for other people who want to use time for themselves and to create and to unlock from inside them that That bit of God, you know, we're told we're made in the image of God and God is the creator. Why is it a surprise that we have this ability to create and to enjoy? And shall I go into the notice? (laughs) And so 
I had this idea that twice a month in Lawnsmead, perhaps we could have a, a sort of cafe type event where we could create anybody who wants to come, anybody from the village could bring their friends and create and crochet or make things and I don't know how it's going to work but it's space and people can come for all of it or some of it and they can make friends or sit quietly and we'll just have coffee going all the time and we'll make things and we'll enjoy the fact that God allows us and encourages us to make time for one another, time for ourselves, and just time to connect with that creator God, that transforming power that we can all know in our lives. So it will start on May the 6th, between 9.15 and 11.30. If you love to knit and you want to bring your knitting, you bring your knitting. I can't knit. If you want to learn to do some things, We'll, we'll learn together to do some things. If you say, I'm not crafty, doesn't interest me, but I'd love to just be part of what's happening, then you come too. And I don't know what will happen, but it would be really fun to try and find out. Jesus, the living Christ, transforms us. I want to end by just sharing a little um, passage written by Paula Gooder. Paula Gooder is... Um, a New Testament scholar and theologian and she's writing a lot currently and she wrote a book called This Risen Existence that talks about the reality of the resurrection and this is the epilogue. She's got young children. Not long ago at dinner, one of my daughters asked a question that in my view puts into words somewhat beautifully the meaning of our resurrection existence. In the midst of the hurly-burly of serving and eating dinner, isn't it always, she suddenly said, How does Jesus make us real? Then as my husband and I reached for an answer, she carried on. Does he draw us first and then colour us in? (laughs) This to me is a wonderful description of the resurrection life. First, Jesus draws us. Both in the sense of drawing us to him, but also in the sense of recreating and refiguring us anew into a Christ-like existence. He then proceeds to colour us in. Our continued life in Christ is the way in which he colours us in. There we become more and more Christ-like, increasingly shaped by him, until in our resurrection bodies, the whole of our being is infused with the things of the Spirit, and Christ's resurrected life becomes not just a part, but the whole of who we are. This transformative colouring in is not just for our own benefit. It is for the good of the whole created order. If we are in Christ, we become like him. If we are in Christ, we are called to become life givers, life breathers, life makers. We become people who bear resurrection with us wherever we go. So Father, may you help us to live as life givers, life breathers and life makers. Amen.